0: Every week, Hillsdale College President Larry Arne joins Hugh Hewitt to discuss great books, great men, and great ideas. This is the Hillsdale Dialogues, presented by Hillsdale College. To find more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, and Ricochet. Glory, America. Bonjour. Hi, Canada. It's Hugh Hewitt. It's April Fool's Day. I've already gone through my April Fool's stuff with you. It is not a joke. Dr. Larry Arnn, president of Hillsdale College, and I are going to dive into Aristotle. And you say, oh, my gosh, no. And I, you know, I kind of thought through that myself. Aristotle's hard. uh, But it's also very much worth the reward when you get to the ethics and you get the friendship. And this is the start of many conversations about friendship because it matters. Dr. Arnn, first of all, why did you agree to do many weeks of conversation about friendship.
1: Uh, well, it's my favorite thing. It, uh, <laughs> it uh, my favorite. I have a favorite book. I was told by Professor Jaffa back in the day that you ought to have three favorite books and not more than three. And this was in a class, my first graduate student class, to read the Nicomachean Ethics uh, by Aristotle, where he discusses friendship. And uh, by the end of the class. That was my favorite book It's in 1974, and it's been my favorite book every year since then. I've read you know, when I... about every year since then. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my yeah, goodness. I teach it, too. I can, you know, I can, I can kind of know my way around this book. And, uh, and friendship is the most discussed subject in the book.
0: I've got to read to you, as I was preparing for this, in... Um The Antigone Journal. Anika Prather teaches at Howard University, the classics. And she wrote an an article on understanding friendship through the eyes of Aristotle. It begins, I was taken by surprise when at the end of Book 7 in Aristotle's Ethics, Aristotle expresses that he would like to discuss friendship. 1154 B. 30. The ethics touches upon a plethora of subjects that are connected to the moral character of man. When Aristotle decided to address the topic of friendship, I was intrigued. How does the topic of friendship contribute to the exploration of the moral character of man? To seek an answer to the question, I'll be focusing on the introductory book to Friendship, Book Eight. Quite a mouthful, but it is it 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 sort of summarizes the surprise that many find that friendship is central to everything.
1: Well, the most so it's important because uh, we should probably parse this out. But the most beautiful thing in us is our contact with the most beautiful things. Uh, We we have to define the word beautiful, Uh, and. And the association that's built on that contact is friendship, uh, and friendship has three kinds. But the highest kind places two people in contact with the best things possible to know and be, and uh, that's it, it. Transcends justice. It's you know, and it's uh, it operates differently from justice. And it's just lovely, right? And and uh, there's a little book uh, by Cicero on friendship, and it's uh, shorter and less demanding. Well, I don't know. My friends who study Cicero would say not than than the Ethics, but it's also it's a Roman book. teaches many of the arguments in the Ethics.
0: It's a Roman book. We'll, we'll get to that in a few weeks because Damascidia, I think I hope pronounced that correctly, mm-hmm. is wonderful. I made a list before this of 25 people who are in uh, close to Category 3, if not in it. But then, I, I want to confront early on, most people say their best friend is their spouse. Certainly mine is. Uh, I believe Penny is yours. But uh, what, the, what Professor Prather says is that Aristotle says, no, that's off the table. He can't have a spouse as a friend. That's not what I'm talking about. Explain that to people.
1: Well, first of all, Aristotle directly denies that. Um, he says that marriages among the right kind of people develop into friendships in the full sense. I've been uh, misled
0: uh, because yeah. it's, uh, Professor Prather says that Aristotle rules out biological uh, 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 friendship. Um, here it is. I thought of my friends from church, school, work, and even some of my family members I consider friends. As long as I tried to place this portion of the text within the context of cultural understanding, I grappled with the relevance. However, when I began to see the term friendship as a word he has chosen to find various types of connection, then a deeper understanding became illuminated to me. But then she said he eliminates from this conversation um, I want to find it where he talks about her, her mom uh, that that's different, that that is a different category. Is she Is she simply wrong about that?
1: Well, a little bit. Well, yes, yes. Um, uh, <laughs> but
0: but you are so kind. People don't know that, unless it's a friend. And if you know I'm
1: wrong, you'll just hang me
0: out to dry. But I, if I someone mean, else is wrong. I
1: love Dennis Prager, but I don't know him as well as I know you. <laughs> and, and Dennis Prager is a great man. Um, but I'm looking for the passage. I'll find it in just a minute. Um, see, well, we have to do... Uh, So here's, I suggest something. I think we first talk about the ground in the human soul of friendship, and then we talk about the kinds of friendship, and then we talk about this uh, spouse thing.
0: All right, Uh, in that order. What is the ground of friendship in the human soul?
1: Well, it's very important. It's um, human beings, uh, they do something that no other creature does, and and. They do it by nature. They don't have to be taught it. Uh, the most important being on Earth right now until the, uh, in about six weeks of birth, my grandson, huh. is my granddaughter. And she's 14 months old, and she's the greatest thing ever. And she's learning to talk at a rate right now. And as I say, she's about the same age as our two boxer puppies, and she grows up amongst them and she hears everything they hear, they hear everything she hears, but she's the one talking. And just think of what has to happen for that, to be able to do that. Uh, Professor Jaff would always explain that the most present miracle to us that we could never explain is how we come to be able to use common nouns. Because common nouns cover dissimilar things, and yet we recognize them automatically, except in hard cases, and most cases are not hard. Uh, on my desk, there are two cups, and they're different, and yet I know they're both a cup. And if, if for me to explain how I know they're a cup, uh, that, that would require me to write a paragraph, right? Whereas you see it in a glance, and my granddaughter sees it in a glance, right? And Now, once you can use common nouns, then you can say anything. See, and this that 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 uh, in in book uh, one of the Politics Aristotle writes, animals then use their voices to indicate pleasure and pain, but we use ours to distinguish the just from the unjust, unjust and the advantageous from the disadvantageous. So there's something going on in us. He, he says that the way you identify a thing as part of a common noun is you see its form. Um, one of the cups here is made of metal, and one of the cups here is made of plastic. If you melted them down, they would just be the matter, right? But yeah. something's added to them. And in and, and Aristotle, everything about being, about being, the essence of things is active. Uh, so the way he puts it is, the form is the thing, holding it together is what it is. And so we extract that. And it's not, it's not a reduction, it's an essence. You right. see what it is that makes it what it is. Uh, I, like it, I like the illustration. Uh, if you take an ordinary water bottle, kind of proliferate all over the, all over the world to the annoyance of the environmental movement, uh, they're handy for what they are, and they work. And if you cut the bottom out of one of them, it's no good anymore. It's no a water absolutely. bottle. Yeah. But if you turn it upside down, it becomes a funnel. As it uses, loses the being of the water bottle, it loses the good of the water bottle. The good and being are convertible terms, writes Aristotle. As it gains the being of the funnel, it gains the good of the funnel. So we're seeing the good in things, and that that lays the ground for morality because you can't really think of a thing as a bad thing unless you think of the category it's in. Like uh, we have two boxer dogs, May and Woodrow, these days, and Mudra, Woodrow is the male, and he's a bad dog. He's <laughs> stupid and messy and, and assertive, you know. I like him. Uh, <laughs> May is sweet, you know. Well, she's a better dog, but you have to know what dog is to know whether one, uh, one of them is a good one or a bad one.
0: And you must know what your choices are about good and bad, too. I mean, because you might want the messy dog for a certain part of the job, keeping people away from the house uh, when your granddaughter is in it. We come back. We are in the ethics. We're going to get to And it's going to be great. Don't go anywhere. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Dr. Arn will return. Mm America. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Dr. Arne just said a remarkable thing, and, and the Hiltale dialogue is underway. All things Hiltale at hiltale.edu. He said, We have to get to the moral framework that distinguishes um, humans from everything else. Dr. Arn, I interviewed Christine Emba last week, brilliant young writer at the Washington Post, Princeton graduate. She wrote a book called Rethinking Sex. On page 136, she said, We are uncomfortable imposing our personal views on others. In a free society, morality is seen as a private affair. I told her I didn't agree with that, and I think it's because natural law refutes it. Am I wrong?
1: No, I, I mean, uh, you know, the, the, uh, a partner statement to what she said is you can't legislate morality. The Correct. truth is, that's all you ever legislate, all the time, right? I mean, is murder wrong? Yeah. That's why there are laws against it, right? Now, you have to refine her point a little bit, because by your testimony, I think she's a very smart woman. She is. Uh, what she really means is, in a free society, the liberal society, which is a modern thing, by the way, the greatest and the first of them is the United States, we reserve a private sphere to think about things. It doesn't mean that we think that, that the things have no reality and so one private opinion is as good as another. We think, and, you know, remember, this country begins with an announcement of the laws of nature and of nature's God. Instead, what we think is, it's an operation of the human being essential to it to engage in moral action and they should have the widest latitude to do that, right? And and you can't be a virtuous man and a slave at the same time.
0: So, I wish I had said that to her because that's exactly the correct answer. That, that is exactly the correct answer. Uh, and she's young. It's a very good book. It's very provocative. It's actually subtitled A Provocation and it makes the argument that our regulation of, of physical intimacy has gone out the window, and with it has come in much despair, and that she wants to roll back the sexual revolution because it's destroyed so many lives and people. And she's she's 25 or 28 or something like that. It's a great argument. Amen. Uh, but Amen. But
1: you, you can't get there unless you begin with the ethics, right? Yeah, that's... So what is, you know, and, and remember... We're saying, I'm saying, Aristotle is saying, in, in Greek it's important to know that the word for reason and the word for speech is the same word, logos. That's also the word in John 1.1, 1, 1, the Gospel of John 1.1, 1, 1, for Jesus. Yep. In the beginning was the word. In Greek the sentence reads, in hei arche, ho logos. Arche is like architecture, archaeology, beginning, first thing. It's the, it's the Greek archetype. equivalent of the Latin word archetype, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, uh, the being and the reality of the thing of a thing is contained in the common noun that applies to it. And so, the first thing is uh, this rational faculty, this ability to reason and, and speak, which are synonyms. This makes us moral people. But then the second thing is, it makes us social people in a different way than, than our two dogs, who are extremely attached to each other. And they're the same kind of thing, right? They sleep on top of each other. But Aristotle writes in the Ethics, uh, uh, human beings are more gregarious, and that's the Greek word for flock, than horses and bees and herd animals and swarm animals. And the reason is our ability to say whatever we can think and our ability to think in a different dimension than any other creatures draws us together. And if you put morality and society together, you get politics. Uh, (laughs) Now, uh, that's very relevant to Friendship, because it arises from our natural cooperation. Remember, close cooperation. And yet, at the same time, we choose it. And we choose it according to our knowledge of the beings, including the kind of being we are.
0: And when when we come back, we're going to go from that common noun, friendship, to the categories within it that Aristotle lays out. Don't go anywhere, America. We're just beginning. Uh, We'll continue this next week as well. But... Uh, coming up, why, what does Aristotle mean by friendship? Stay tuned, the Hilltale Dialogue rolls along after this. America. The Hillsdale Dialogue is underway. Dr. Larry Arn on this April Fool's Day is nobody's fool, and we are talking about friendship because it is far from foolish. It is the most important thing, actually, when it comes to maintaining a state uh, for reasons that we will get into. But first, the common noun. Dr. Arn, you said we'd establish the common basis in the soul, and that is in our gregariousness and our social and in our choice. But what are the common forms of friendship? What are the, the, That common noun covers a lot of ground.
1: Well, there are... Uh... There are three, and they're all important and good uh, unless they're abused. And the, the first one and the lowest one is you get to be friends with people who are useful to you. Uh, you know, that, that means uh, my example of it that I like to use is uh, people who sell stuff to you send you gifts at Christmas. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and there's a deep reason for that. It's actually a good thing, in my opinion. Uh, they're assuring you of your goodwill, and they're actually opening an invitation for a more durable form of friendship, which, however, then will also have a reaction on the commercial relations you have with them to help sustain them. Because friendships of utility last as long as the utility lasts, and they don't last longer than that.
0: And, you know, I mentioned Anika Prather. Her friendship of utility was her hairdresser with whom she had a wonderful relationship for many, many years. Yeah. And then she changed her haircut and never went back and doesn't miss her.
1: Well, in Hillsdale, we have the magnificent Lee, L-E-I-G-H. And it's like a cult thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just get a haircut, right? It takes 15 minutes. But Lee has to do it because she's the man. And, uh, and so, you know, and she's... And, you know, you sit there, and it's just like a dentist, except you can talk back. So yes. She finds out everything about the college, and because uh, I'm very indiscreet. And um, uh, so, yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> you are very indiscreet. just, I am. just you know, occurred I to me. It. It's a principle. <laughs> uh, the only way to keep a secret is not have one. And... Uh, you know, I, I, we're under attack these days by various organs of the left because we're starting charter schools, and it looks like it's becoming important. And we're messing with their, with their.
0: Oh, we're in a, its crumbling. The the government-run school system is crumbling before our eyes. As I it has so. to. And I,
1: you know, and and the point is that's a shame. It needs to be fixed. Public education is incredibly important, right? And it can be fixed. And the method is charter schools. Because what it does is returns them to the condition they were in for most of American history. And that is, they're run by, in the local communities, and the school is sovereign, and in the school are gathered the teachers and the parents and the students, a bunch of people who know each other. And that, that, that you know, it's, it's never perfect. No two schools are equal in quality. But you can have a consistently good schools, if you just follow that line, right, my opinion.
0: Have you, have you sat down with Bill Barr ever at length?
1: Uh, one time, yeah.
0: Well, he, his new memoir is out, and I spoke with him for 90 minutes uh, a week ago about it. And there are many amazing things in it. One of the amazing things in it is that his, he goes on an unprovoked, um, it's not a rant because it's beautifully argued, assault on public education for having slipped the cord of what it was, which was the common denominator was an assumed Christianity or Judeo-Christianity, to becoming an ideological machine designed to turn out little ideologues. And he's right. But, it, but I mean, in the middle of the memoir of the Attorney General under Donald Trump is this uh, Jeremiah against public education as it exists today. So I think we are at a pivot point.
1: It's a misunderstanding of... People, in my opinion, right? We think we think, and you know, this is a, very much a Republican evil too. Uh, some very bad things have been done by Republican presidents. I very, I resisted, and I very much dislike. But never mind who they are and what they did. We think of education as doing something to somebody, as making something. It's not like that. It's not helping something grow. And it doesn't make any difference what you know if you're the teacher. The object is for them to know, and they can only come to know by their effort. And, and, then, and then another thing is, the first line of Aristotle's metaphysics is, the human being stretches himself out to know, right? In other words, if you, if you walk in a class of 20 or 30 kids, you can take it for granted that they want to know. Even if they don't know they want to know, it's not hard to remind them of that. you see, and that means that education is gardening and they will grow and it's not it's not at all. Education is very hard to do. it's not hard to understand. You know the most
0: significant teacher I had as a young person said a teacher's calendar is in years, not months, uh, because they are actually growing individuals for many, many years in their care. And uh, Hillsdale is actually the last, is the harvest, right? You're, you're not, people might be lifelong learners, but it's the last time they're going to be learning as their principal objective.
1: That's right. And, and you know, and a and thing about them is, I mean, in a good college, and I fancy we have one, uh, one of the reasons it's happy is that everybody's tingling with excitement. And I, there's something I like to say. Uh, we're nearing the end of the term now, but then we start back up in August. <clears throat> on a Sunday, late in August, we'll have freshman convocation, and it's a ceremony, and we welcome them into the college, and the, uh, the parents take a pledge with the, with the students because you can't get into Hillsdale College without promising something. You can't get a job there. You can't do anything without that. And then, and then the next day, I give them a talk on the honor code. And all the freshmen are there, and they're all nervous, and they're still sort of like high school kids, I like to say, little wigglers. And, they, and you know, it's very formidable to them. And I often say, look around you at the people nearby. You think I'm going to say that one or two of you won't make it. That's not true. You will. What's in your line of sight somewhere is a friend that you will have until your dying day. And you huh. should treat everybody as if they 're potentially that you know that 's a college that 's a partnership and when
0: you say as a friend you will have until your dying day you 're not talking about a friendship of utility though
1: no, no, and that 's the so these useful friendships they they uh, often give rise to the other kinds of friendship, and the next one in the line is friendships of pleasure. Uh, uh, you have uh, like you you have enthusiasm hugh that 's a good thing about you You serial enthusiast absolutely you, you get you get excited, but enthusiasm means by the way, you have God in you uh, Professor Daffett might be the best thing he ever said about me said I had that uh, a long time ago huh. and uh,
0: what did, what does that mean? Why does enthusiasm connect to the divine
1: uh, in theos is what the you know the word is Theos is God theology, right? But, uh, the reason is the things to get the most excited about are the perfect things. Ah. And the best friendships are oriented toward those. But that's a tall order. It's, you know, it, it, there are many demands. Uh, there are not so many demands about friendships' utility. If they're going to last, by the way, it means you have to be a constant person. You have to do a good job every day. But, uh... Uh, and to be unreliable is is incompatible with that. But then these friendships of pleasure, uh, there are people you, you often spout off because somebody delights you. You met somebody, this woman that you've met from the, yes. who writes for the Washington Post. Christina, she delights yeah. you. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, you have a friendship of pleasure with her, and it might develop into something more. Uh, Aristotle says... The young are particularly given to that because it's important to them, including, he says, pleasures of the body, because their bodies are in good shape, aren't they? And they get better all the time. So So we like that, right? You know, we like to look at people up and down and see if they please us. Yep.
0: And by the way, we're not talking just about physical intimacy and sexuality. We're talking about people who play rugby too.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, right. Th- and, that's, and, and you know, the physical intimacy is a very important part of it because that's how we come to be. But and so that's you know that attraction leads to marriage and children and the long marriage that it takes successfully to raise the children. And and but it starts with that with pleasure. You know, you just wow, isn't that delightful? Yep. Uh, and, you know, uh, in the college, uh, you know, we're a very close community, but we're close enough that we don't all know each other. You know, we all know somebody who knows somebody else. That's Aristotle's definition of the maximum size of a po- polity. And and that means that there are people around campus, and you just like the look of them, you know, boys and girls. and uh, uh, And, you know, that's. And there's pleasure in that. And you play ball with them. That's a big formation of that. And you debate with them and you all kinds of things.
0: Put out the newspaper, go see the president, agitate, combine in political activity, whatever it is that college students do.
1: And Aristotle says those friendships are longer lasting. They're more durable. They're higher. Right. Uh, And that prepares the way for the ultimate kind of friendship, which is, in Aristotle, the highest human association. It's uh, more important than justice. Uh, Justice is uh, given the right thing to the right person. Uh, The only moral virtue that has an entire book in the ethics devoted to it is justice. He never calls justice beautiful. Because justice uh, justice only involves fixing problems.
0: Uh, Stand by. We're, we're going to come back to that. Welcome back, America. Part one of many weeks on friendship, interrupted by an occasional week on Ukraine and other events. Dr. Larry Arn is my guest, president of Hillsdale College. All things Hillsdale are collected at hillsdale.edu. All the Hillsdale Dialogues are at hillsdale. Uh, if you had iTunes, Hillsdale Dialogues, you'll get them all. So, Dr. Arm, we went to break. You were talking about the difference between justice and friendship. Justice is not, sometimes it's terrible, right? It's just not going to be pretty.
1: It's, uh, you know, th- there is a kind of justice that's, he says, it's as fair as the morning sun. He didn't, he didn't call it beautiful. But that's not most of it. Most of it is the stuff they're asking the potential justice about right now. Yep. What about in a case like this, how do you fix it, right? And fixing things is not as attractive as enjoying them in their beauty. Uh, and so justice is, and, and he says, in justice, you're always measuring quantities. Who got the right amount? And that means that justice has always got a wary eye on the transactions and the other people in it to see if you get the right amount, Right. Uh, I was talking salary with somebody yesterday and uh I've done that so many times now I, I I can't count them and uh and it's it's hardly ever a problem wasn't in this case and uh I said uh there there there're just uh two things it has to be enough by a reasonable standard and it has to seem fair compared to other people inside and outside yep and if you don't have one of those things, then you got friction. But if you do have it, people stop thinking about it.
0: But if you have fairness, you do not necessarily have friendship.
1: Well, that's uh, right. And that's, you know, you want it. So in other words, what justice does is it eliminates the concern, right? That's, you know, he makes more than me, right? That's more than I, I guess one would say. Uh, that's a concern, right? but if you get rid of it then people don't think so much about what they make right because that's not mainly what we want from work right? work is most of our waking hours we want a lot of things from it right and there and you want a living from it uh... and so justice uh... eliminates a lot of problematic things and and that's its virtue and it is a high virtue to be a just person Uh, There are four things in the ethics that uh, Aristotle says require all the virtues to have them. Uh, All the virtues means they're summarized in what we call the cardinal virtues. They're uh, the doing virtues of uh, courage, the first one he talks about. uh, Moderation, that means controlling your appetites. and, and, uh, And justice and then one is an intellectual virtue, practical judgment. Uh, Aristotle says of four things, you need all of the others to have it. The first one is magnanimity, uh, and that's big soullessness, right? Uh, uh, Animus is the Latin word for soul. A
0: generous spirit, right? That's right. Well,
1: big, big, it's got to be big. See, Uh, uh, the... uh, Greek is megalo, so like mega, sukia huh. cell, soul. So, like, I, I argue that Winston Churchill, we talked about him, was a great soul man. He had a big soul. It's
0: awfully hard to compare anyone in reach of our lifetime with him yes, when you're done yeah, with he
1: just, you know, he's. I always say, well, he's something else, isn't he? Uh, but uh, you know Lincoln is like that too. George Washington is like that. Uh, can
0: I pause for? A, did, did Churchill have any close friend? Brendan Braxton is his advocate. Beaverbrook is his ally. Does he have a friend, indeed, of the third kind? We're going to talk about next week.
1: Oh, sure. He wrote a lot about him too. F. E. Smith, right? Yeah, probably his best friend, of whom he wrote. He piled up his treasure in the hearts of his friends. Uh, that's that's how he explained that F. E. Smith High never praise. got rich. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, he, of course he had friends and he had people he could just rely on completely. And but that's they, utility,
0: on- isn't it? Isn't that
1: utility? Well, Brendan Bracken was such a person. Right. Uh, and, you know, Beaverbrook, they, uh, Clemmie, Mrs. Churchill fought with Brendan Bracken quite a long time. And then they got over that. She didn't like it that there were rumors that Bracken was Churchill's illegitimate son.
0: Yeah, that's in the book. But she was yeah. not. Right.
1: Uh, Beaverbrook and Churchill fought all the time, and they were friends all the time. And when it, turned, when it came to an emergency, he put those people in place. Can, can you hold that to, next? We've got to
0: come back. Many friendships have been broken by Donald Trump. It is a fact that many friendships were broken by Donald Trump. The antagonism between Beaver Book and Churchill is how people ought to have worked out their differences about Trump and did not, which is, I think, an indictment. We'll come back to it next week when we talk about the third form of friendship. I'm astonished by it, but it happened. Uh, and our politics are making friendship impossible. We'll, we'll be back to talk more about this week after week until you're sick of it, America. But you can't be, because the Hillsdale Dialogue rolls along. Dr. Larry Aaron, thank you. We'll be back next week with that third form of friendship, the one based on virtue. Thanks for listening to the Hillsdale Dialogues presented by Hillsdale College. For more episodes, search for Hillsdale Dialogues at SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, or Ricochet. For more information about Hillsdale College, head to hillsdale.edu.